Lally Ho friends, and we are back. Uh, sorry about the week we took off. I was on death's door. But we're here now. Uh, just so everyone's aware, you're only going to see four screens down there tonight, but we do have a full cast. Have some technical difficulties going on, but uh, Nozak is with us in, in spirit Hello. and in voice. But we're, we're missing yeah, any yeah. kind of representation. <laughs> Blake's still having camera issues. But you know what? You got four of us you can look at. So, and let's face it, Ace is beautiful. So just stare at them. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll do that, please. <laughs> uh, welcome to Kupo Quest, and uh, let's just take a little recap since it's been just a just a bit. So last time we had a nice, interesting, long planning session in which the whiteboard got brought out quite a bit, uh, but it's okay because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. We have some sickness that's spreading through Cornelia. We have. Uh, the crystals seem to be uh, accelerating their demise. We have growing contention and, and fear that the Empire is going to eventually start moving on other territories, especially now that essentially Cornelia's kind of been shelved and they have consolidated so much power. And we have word from Mesidia that these two people from Grunther's past seem to be ready to communicate. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of planning needed to happen, and, and essentially what was decided was, as all good D&D parties do, a split. So we've got Blake and Grunthor have headed back to Mesidia with Hikael to investigate two things. Uh, Grunthor to learn a little bit about his past, and Blake to assist with some research on potentially utilizing the power of the crystals in some way to maybe produce a cure for uh, the plague that seems to be spreading across Fantasia. And the only known cure at the moment, uh, as we've learned, is uh, just getting rid of people before it spreads too much. And the others have stayed behind with Sid and Squall and Renoa and Balam and plan to meet up with them in Alexandria, thanks to Sid providing them with the only functional airship in Fantasia at the moment, which works only because our dear friend Ava has started making a collection of all of the icons. <laughs> so now he is essentially, he's got more gods within him than himself now. <laughs> so they didn't take it necessarily for fun, although I think it was a little fun. Uh, they also wanted to examine it because uh, he's not from around here basically, uh, and to see if, if his biology or something like that might help them. So, <coughs> I think that finally catches us back up. I think we're online. I think we're ready to go. And who knows what this is going to look like when I go to put it on YouTube. We'll find out then, I suppose. <laughs> so, anyway. We're about to see editing skills. When... I mean... Just put up a technical difficulty screen. It's fine. <laughs> it's like yakety sacks in the background. <laughs> I should. <laughs> so where we left off, where we actually left off, was Grunthor had come back to Mesidia, and he had been granted access to speak with the woman and child. And as he was looking at her, that that familiar sense of overwhelming just pain shooting through his head, but. In true Grunthor fashion, I think we had a disadvantage roll of a 19 and a 20, if I remember correctly. So in true Grunthor fashion, like he was he was saying, screw you, DM, this is happening right now. <laughs> so, 
So I'm very proud of your dice rolls. As they kind of... Play- I, I think that was an inspiration roll, too. Oh, it might have been. It might have been. Okay. It, it was a great roll, whatever it was. Um, as they touched hands through the, the protective barrier, he felt the block in his mind finally break as he was flooded with a rush of a lifetime worth of memories. So the only question I have are, is... Uh, are we all ready to learn about Grunthor? <laughs> lots yeah. and lots Roll about... Roll 1d4 psychic damage. Lots nah. and lots about Grunthor. All right. So, Grunthor, as you're standing there and you're looking at her, you feel this... almost almost like a weight kind of lift from you. As all of this that you've been wondering about you know, trying to figure out who you are, where you are, this all evaporates as in almost an instant, you get a rush of a lifetime. You see yourself as a young Galka training up to become a knight, a warrior of some kind. You remember your father, your mother, small, being just a small child, playing with sticks in the backyard, your father teaching you how to sword fight. You remember as you got a little older, your rebellious phase when you started picking fights maybe that you shouldn't have, but in order to just improve your skills. Never in a bullying fashion, but you always found yourself sticking up for people that couldn't stick up for themselves and and protecting those that needed protecting. You remember finally enlisting as soon as you could as soon as you were absolutely able the youngest they would take you and to be honest they wanted you pretty bad at this point you were highly skilled highly trained your father a military man himself had poured so much time and effort into just helping shape you into the fighting machine that you wanted to be and that he wanted you to be you remember early on during your basic training with the other men and women meeting a very beautiful young Galka. You've never really spent too much time dating around a little bit here and there, but there was something about her that just captivated you. And it wasn't just her beauty or her smile or the way that she looked at you. It was her prowess on the battlefield too. Uh, Another soldier beside you. Someone who more often than not could best you one-on-one. And someone who seemed to have just a little bit of magical talent herself. You remember growing close to this person. You remember your first kiss, your first dance. Eventually, you remember the wedding. You remember the life that you were building together. You remember the child. The child who came early 
earlier than you were expecting and planning for, and also earlier than the due date. You remember the child struggling when it was born prematurely. You remember it being a fighter like you, and it pulling through, but it needing additional care. You remember it always being just a little sickly, but not not dangerously so, but it, they needed a parent full-time. You remember this discussion. You remember putting in your resignation. You remember staying home and finding your new passion as a chocobo farmer. Raising the beasts from infancy alongside your son. Eventually, you realized you had quite the knack for it and started placing your hand at raising chocobo raising chocobo racers. I was like, this doesn't sound art coming out. <laughs> Making quite the name for yourself in the city of Bastok. In fact, a galloping grunt thrower was going for quite the pretty penny at one point. On that note, you remember more of Bastok now as it comes into focus. A great, large city, one that rivals Lindblom in its size. Walls all around it, higher than anything that you've seen. You remember never actually leaving the confines of the city except under heavy battalion guard. You remember the dangers of the wilds outside the city. You remember the massive beasts that roam that land that actually give the land its name or its nickname. And you remember being content for nearly a decade finding your new passion and your chocobos and your family. Then you remember your wife coming to you one night in a panic, telling you you had to flee, telling you you had to get out of the stock and away from the country. You didn't ask any questions because you trusted her implicitly, and at this point she had made quite the name for herself in the military. You start to realize that most of the memories you have of the actual fights you've been in, the military fights, more her stories that got twisted up with your own. You remember fleeing in the middle of the night, you, her, and the child? Finding a boat with the help of some people that she knew. And you remember making your way across the sea to the mainland of Fantasia. You remember traveling around for quite a bit till you found yourself in an overly wooded area, a forest unlike anything you've ever seen. The continent that the Beastlands are on is, is primarily plains um, and some desert-like atmosphere. So as far as the Norvalen region, which you eventually found yourself, it was unlike anything you'd ever seen before. 
you remember meeting a very interesting Lalafell here. Someone who approached you once you were in town and made polite conversation. Blake, you would remember noticing these people, travelers that you had never seen before, outsiders, something that you don't get very often in your village. You would notice the threads, the lifeline of the child, and how they are strong and clinging to life, but fragile. Something that perhaps drew you to them in the first place. Grunther, you remember telling her all of the woes, what you'd seen. But still at this point, you didn't quite know why you'd left Bastok. Your wife had been cagey, not wanting to speak of it. And while you would press sometimes, she had yet to relent. You remember being pursued by people whom you assumed were from Bastok. One thing you do remember is that deserters are not tolerated. And as your wife was technically still in the military, she would be considered AWOL. So you assume that that's who was hunting you down. You remember your child tripping, hurting his leg. The two of you staying behind as your pursuers closed in. You remember your wife crying, putting her hand to your head, begging you not to come after them, begging you to go anywhere else to save yourself and to forget about them. Just before she casts her spell, she places a small, familiar crystal into your hand and begs you to live. As the spell is being cast, she is hit with a spell of her own, one that hold person, for lack of a, you know, just to say it, something that interrupts her casting, and in doing so, tangles up her memories with yours. It affects her casting of her spell, and it warps it, taking more of your memories than she intended. The next thing you know, your eyes blink, and you're still standing there with your hand against hers, and she's begun to cry. At this point, you would remember their names. Your wife's name is Grenidia. Sorry. <clears throat> Grenidia. And I'll send you the spelling. Your son's name is Gibble. You. And you see why I didn't want to do that monologue last week. <laughs> I apologize for the long-winded explanation, but I had a lot to get through. Nah, you can buff that nah, out. What are you doing? Well, I immediately start. Waterworks are going, and uh, so I, I'm palm to palm with her. Or? Yeah, essentially, you are palm to palm, but it's more like imagine like you're meeting someone in prison, you know, and there's that glass. Um, it, it's a magical field, so you're not actually touching, but it's essentially like putting your hand against someone. Behind a uh, behind a glass, like at a prison visitation. 
I never meant for this. I, if I'd known who was, who was, who was looking for us, I, I didn't know anything about this disease that we were unknowingly spreading. I'm, brother, so, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I thought, I thought he was going to catch us all, and I, I couldn't leave Gibble behind. But I, I knew if I didn't do something, he would come after us, and I thought they would kill you. And I just I couldn't live with that. I've kind of messed everything up so bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nothing is messed up now. We're together again. And she just breaks down. I'm going to turn real quick and look at Hekael. I was like, I, I, I need to be in there. He left. He gave you privacy, actually, so he's not... He's not. He left the room, so you are alone. He actually, he's off. He went with Blake, so. I think it's, how, how's Gibble? He's fine. Um, I haven't. I had forgotten you as well, but something, seeing you, I pushed back and eventually remembered, but I haven't yet removed whatever I've done to him. I don't even I don't even remember doing it. Oh, God. I don't know how I messed we everything have, up so bad. We have the rest of our lives to fix that. Are you better? I think. I don't... I don't know. Um, I never felt sick. You know, after I sent you away, um, the man that we've been has been helping us. He found us, and he kind of explained his theory. And Grunther, I thought I thought for sure we were dead. And he's been nothing but nice, uh, just taking blood from time to time. And he says he's looking for a cure. I guess there's some kind of disease that that we brought with us i i don't know i feel they're, fine but they're calling it the snake pox or snake plague i yeah, i've heard a few things serpent pox um snake plague yeah, i mean i don't remember anything like that from home give me a history check he's work for you now <laughs> I promise we'll, I will let the rest of you talk eventually. <laughs> Listen, you see me typing real quick. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. You don't seem to remember anything like this either. You don't seem to remember any kind of disease or anything like this. And that would kind of line up with what Hikael has, has said to you. Essentially that for, for you, you know, you from the region would probably experience more cold-like symptoms. But uh, yeah, as far as the actual skin hardening, uh, scalification of the skin, the pupils misshapen, you've not heard anything like that. Do, do you remember the people that came after us? The, the man? 
Uh, are you asking about the one uh, from the Norvale, like right when that happened? Yes. Yeah, that that was Hikael. He. Uh, it turns out they weren't trying to. They were trying to catch up with us, but not for the reasons we thought. He just talked. They they weren't the people from Bastok like I thought they were. To be honest, I don't. I don't even know if they followed us. I'd be surprised if they didn't. But after what I found, Grunther, I've I've done so many things wrong, and I've just been trying to act. You know, ever since I found out, I've just been trying to go, I've been trying to act, I've been trying to make decisions, and I haven't... I haven't trusted you enough with the truth. And... I took something from you, and I don't know how you could ever forgive me. I took something so precious that... I don't know if I could ever forgive me. Whatever it was, it's... The important parts are back. My love for you and Gibble. Me wanting to return our lives as close as possible. To what it was. We can't... I we can't go back. I will give my life. Then we start anew. All we need is each other. Everything else will fall into place. There's something terrible going on back home, Grunthor. Something absolutely terrible. And I should have told you. Tell me. She takes a deep breath. Blake! We're going to jump over to you for a minute and leave that dangling in the air for a second. Oh, no. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Uh, Blake, while this is happening, you and Hikael have um, given them some privacy. As we're backing up a little bit in time, the door closes and he starts leading you down the hallway. Um, So, yes, we have the samples of uh, Nozak and... Grunthor, um, you yourself, you have one of the crystals, right? That uh, would you care if I examined it? Yeah, she um takes it off and just kind of gives him a, I guess, like a second glance, and then drops it in his hand. Okay, like her, it's on a pendant or it's a pendant necklace. Okay, so he kind of takes it over and he he just. Runs it through his hands a couple times. It seems so mundane and ordinary, but... So unassuming, even. And sometimes I think the most... Miraculous things often are. Um, so, walk with me. Um, tell me about yourself. Are you inclined to... Scientific uh, discoveries? <laughs> a scientist yourself? Uh, no, not particularly. I'm a, uh, 
I I am a healer, um, but our temple was, you probably, y'all would probably think it's like some kind of backwater thing. Um, I, but you'll most- find I'm a little more open-minded than some of the others you'll find around here. Now, granted, you're not far off with that line of thinking with most of the people in Mesidia. We can be a little uptight, as I have been in the past. Where did you say uh, you were from again? Uh, y'all call it Norvalian, Norvalian Forest. I see. You have had some experience with this plague yourself. That's right. I I'd forgotten. I I apologize. Uh, so this, I guess, is a little close to home for you as well. Yeah. Did you lose anyone close to you? Uh, we lost some acolytes. Um, we lost, uh, it's hard to say how many, um, people are in our district of the woods because some there's homesteads um but some of them are pretty far out but you know you you be around there a while you know everybody by face so yeah there were there are people that i knew i'm very sorry oh and i i spoke with Nozak about this but I don't think I ever truly got to let you know how deep the regret goes for what I have done in my containment of this I know I must seem heartless and just a monster but I I had no other option at the time. I was thinking of all the lives I could save, but I I realized that's not much comfort to those who have lost loved ones and have seen this firsthand. And I don't expect you to forgive me or think any better of me, but I, I just want you to know that I only did it because I thought I absolutely had to. And that doesn't I can't imagine it. make it right. It's, it's a e- I can't imagine it's an easy place to be. Hmm. I don't think that I don't know what my choice would have been. But I sometimes wonder I made the right choice if we were too hasty but here lately I find myself wondering what Izzy might have done in my situation but the what ifs don't get us anywhere but maybe we can finally put this chapter of our lives behind us if we can find a cure for this Hopefully, it's 
it was hard. Um, the worst of it wasn't really our village. It was the, we have traders that used to come in. Um, they would take things from, we have some relationship with the dwarves up there. Uh. So they would take stuff, uh, so trade and because there are things we can't get as easily, um, mm. way out in the wilds, but so they were hit harder than we were, and it's just, you know, you you gotta. You understand in my business that everybody has a time and everybody has a place. Like, I've I've been there for a lot of people and a lot of young people, but seeing children that should have gotten older or could have had a longer time and just suddenly not was yeah. exhausting. As you kind of talk about that, his his face kind of doesn't go blank, but you can see it's haunted. You can see him reminiscing about something far off in the past. I understand that all too well. I personally believe that nobody's time should ever end that early. No reason. No... Everything happens for a reason. I can't fathom any reason why someone's so young. I mean... I don't know. I've... She's, like, trying to find the right word. Uh, I've made crossings easier for people that young, but... Sometimes there's things out of my power out of our power i i don't under i don't know i can't it's not my decision oh no i or understanding but that was something where it was just it didn't need to be like that versus others like where there was more peace for me i guess or more Mm. surety that it was right, even if it was painful mm. and sad. Like, everybody's sad, but those those kids had a chance. They had a better... They, they had another chance, is what I guess I'm trying to say, versus some week where they... That was... Mm. And again, I don't know why I don't make the rules. I don't... No. I don't I... know why things work the way they do. Neither do I. But maybe if you all successfully meet up with every god that's ever walked among us, you can ask. He smirks a little bit. It's like a sad smirk. Anyway, um, here we are. As he kind of points you into um, a room, you realize that you've been walking for quite a while, and having lost in this conversation, you haven't really been paying attention to where you are, where you've been going. Um, as he's led you to a place of the palace that you've never actually been before. Uh, it seems to be his private 
workshop. As he opens it up, there's uh, tubes and potions and things everywhere. Um, all organized rather meticulously, but not nearly as meticulous as you've seen like some of Izzy's stuff. <laughs> but um, as he opens the door, he just kind of goes, <sighs> well, let's get started. And with that, we're going to jump back over to Balam. Let's see. <laughs> let's turn off the moody music for just a minute, and let's hop back over to Balam, where our No, three... no, no, it's fine. Go back to Grunthor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to Grunthor, but you've been sitting there too long. you gotta, you got to say something. <laughs> so Yeah, you saw me typing meticulously. <laughs> Back over in Balam, as everyone mm -hmm. is preparing for the journey, I believe, uh, to happen the next day, correct? At, at sun up, is that the is that the kickoff? So what are you all doing? Uh, you have a little bit of time. Your friends have departed. Uh, at this point, I'd say it's probably the three of you have some, some time if you have any conversations, if you have things you want to ask people. What do you want to do? I'm pretty sure me and... I'm sorry, what's the vice president names again? What's the vice president's so name the, again? Uh, Renoa. Renoa. Uh, yeah, I remember me and Renoa's husband are going to the magic store or something because I need two specific uh, magical scrolls. I love how instead of asking about the president's name, you ask what the vice president's name was and then said her husband. <laughs> yeah, Renoa's husband. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, and then what about, what about you... Uh, Nozak and Ava, what are you guys doing? I think um, since Izzy tasked Ava with the job of uh, meditating and thinking about uh, if I'm ready to take on all the icons in the Mother Crystal, I'm going to go find a, a good spot to meditate and think for a while. Okay. I forgot you're a monk. <laughs> He's like one-fifth monk. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, Nozak, what are you doing? Um, so if Izzy is taking Squall, then I will, uh, probably pull aside Renoa okay. for a little bit. Um, and I'm going to, because originally I was going to be like, well, I mean, I can do it all in character. Um, but yeah, so when they walk off and Ava goes and does cool monk shit, um, he assumes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to pull Renoa off to the side um, and just be like, can can you wait just a couple more minutes, please? Um, she's kind of heading out the door, and um, as she's doing that, Angela runs out. But when you say that, she goes, come here. As Angela runs back, she starts petting her. I can uh, hang um, back. What's up? Is Sid still in the room as well? Uh, I think if you wanted to catch him, room. yeah. If you wanted to stop him too, um, you could have stopped him. Uh, hang on. Would Sid know about the underground, like the the underneath where all the extra shit is? You don't know. Okay. You're talking about the Balam, I mean, Balam Garden. Uh, you yeah. don't know. You can ask Renoa if you want, but. He yeah. is in the room now. If you're stopping him, he would have left otherwise. Um, yeah, no, I am going to stop him. 
Okay. Um, because I feel like this is a moment's no. Um. So, just before I ask, uh, Renoa, the the gardens, like you know, the the ones out front. So I'm trying to be vague. Um. This is Angela, by the way. <laughs> um, that Sid knows about that, right? About the garden. Oh yeah, yeah. Sid, Sid's on the inside. Okay, I I just wanted to make sure because obviously I I wouldn't know. Um, when we were talking to Leviathan, and we were going through like all these different scenarios and like talking about things and trying to figure out what to do next or what we could even do next considering we've got, what, two more crystals to go um, and hopefully be able to get it all done and dusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember... I think I remember it was Squall at first when I asked about wanting to see the machine and he didn't trust me, which was fair. And then He doesn't really trust anybody at first. Me. Yeah, You should have seen the shit he put me through when we first met. Story for another time. Yeah. Um, and then Sid, when we met you, uh, before the boat, and you were quite, well, for lack of a better term, uh, quite abrupt, which was, again, very fair, with, you know, my loyalties in the past and that. Yeah, it's also more um, just my character, too. I wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah. Um, I have to say, you've proven yourself it, not to be such a fucking waste of space. Yeah, look, with chatting to Leviathan and seeing more so how the world works from an omniscient side of things, or at least seeing how it all works from someone that can see everything, it put into perspective a lot of um, things that I didn't quite get or understand. Not that I was because I was blinded by that loyalty that I had for so long, but I think it was more I didn't want to think that the world could be any different. Hmm. I mean, coming from, you know, home, said it's a bit different to um, if I haven't been anywhere else and that's all I kind of know, I, all I knew. But listening to Leviathan, how the world works, uh, the, there's two things. Um, my first thing that I need to ask you, Renoa, is I think we need to find a way to stop Hojo from doing the experiments as much as I would like to assume that we would be okay with it with the amount of power that's being drained from the crystals and with the with all the shit that's going on um I think it's just going to make it worse and there may not even be crystals or icons left for us to get to with what's happening there and if the crystals go down and we lose power of them then we're going to lose control of you know the 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 creations Mm. um and because of where they are right now, and that being kind of your safe space, that safeguard, it's kind of not really... You can see the line of thought that I'm on right now, right? I, I can. Give me a persuasion check. Oh, God, now I've got to go out into D&D Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> abilities, yes, saves. I believe in you. No, not abilities and saves. Skills? Aha, yeah, skills. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're on the, you're on right. the app, aren't you? Let's I know. See. Uh, 19. 19. I'm going to use my phone more often, damn. Both. 
Both Squall and I have had our reservations about this for a little while. Um, it still seems like the best defense we have, but I yeah, definitely see where you're coming from, and I, I think that Squall will too. At this point, I'm almost afraid we may have created a monster in Hojo. Not literally. I don't think he's... I think he's harmless. But at this point... I've seen Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have meta-knowledge of that in this world. Psych. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I will take this under advisement. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the second question that I wanted to ask. And like, after I ask this, you can, like, jump to somebody else straight away. I do not care. I think it'd be cool. Um, but just with the other thing, when I was talking about how I didn't know a lot of how the world worked, or I didn't know how everything was going on, um, it said mainly, but, like, how did you not... How did you lose that hold with the Empire? Like, how did you kind of shake that off because I feel like after 900 years it's going to be so hard because I was in that inner circle but like I, I don't want that anymore like I was close with you know Noctis because I was his teacher and his mentor and like part of me still has that mentality that I can use that connection as an advantage to try and like I don't know stop an attack or I can try and use that to get information or you know try to contact people but I don't know, I think I, I was so, I couldn't, I don't know, I didn't want to understand, I don't know how to word it, hmm. um, but I, I don't, you I want don't out. want to have an affiliation, I, I, I can't, if I want to keep going with this quest, but at the same time I'm still obviously worried about my kids, and hmm. I, I don't know what to do. How about this? Let's go get a drink. Alright. Just you and me. We'll talk. I might have some things that could help you. I think you might be the best person I can talk to. Not the only person, really. <laughs> but. Come on. Yeah. I think I'm just scared at the moment. I get that. Some scary shit you got yourself whopped up in. But your kids, they're out of the Empire, right? Yeah, they're, not they're there. in Alexandria with um, Princess Sarah. Hmm. But, obviously, I'm still going to worry. Luke is a little shit. He'd be a perfect fucking thief, <laughs> but... You know. Let's go get a drink. I think you could use one. Thank you. You're fucking buying, though. Oh. As he kind of just turns and walks out. Yeah, I kind of expected that. I mean, y'all are like two feet tall. It will not take much for you guys to get drunk. Okay. Um, I don't think we need to RP it, but uh, you, Izzy, are going to get some scrolls, right? Um, Actually, I do want to talk to uh, oh, Squall. Go for it. If you have things to say, uh, yeah. While we're yeah, while we're walking. I think, so, 
Uh, out of everyone, these are the out of the entire big like uh, uh, fight against the machine group. I feel like these two are the most like canonically quiet. So I think they're just like mm. walking together for a second. second oh, he's not, not in, like a weird one. He's not engaging. Yeah, he's not trying to have any yeah, small talk at all. <laughs> Think about it is it's it's like, you know, when you see another introvert and you're in comfortable silence, it's kind of like that. Where yeah. you're like, I see you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think uh, he looks at him and I think he just looks <clears throat> looks at him very quickly. He's like, uh, Squall, do you think that you're a good fighter? Of course. Can I ask why? Uh, why Ooh. do I think I'm a good fighter? Yes, uh, I'm very cur- I'm very curious uh, as to how people feel about their skills. Well, for one, it's my weapon of choice. Um, very few people in the world can wield one of these things. Kind of pass the thing on his back. Takes a lot of skill, a lot of training. I spent most of my life working with this damn thing and got pretty good at it. So, that's one reason, I guess. You're very pragmatic. I appreciate that. I try. I, hmm, it's very interesting because I, I say the same thing about magic, but I don't feel the same way, and I'm not sure why. I guess I I feel as if I've gotten much better of course I think I'm a good wizard but for some reason some reason I can't activate that spark that makes me feel as if I can do anything What do you think it'd take Like I'm, in your in your head what do you think has to happen for you to be considered a good wizard I was told that I need to hear, feel, and think, but I've only been able to hear. Hmm. I haven't been able to feel, and I believe I overthink. Think, <laughs> but when Matt, when Master Matoya does ma- magic, it's almost effortless. It's almost like, how do I explain it? It's like it's a part of her being, and I think that that's the disconnect. Maybe it's just because I'm not a sorcerer. Hmm. How old is Master Matoya? I believe she is. Inserts direct age here. Roundabout. Old? Uh, yes. How old are you? Uh, I. How long has it been since we started our journey, DM? Uh, it's just like a couple months, really, if even that. Okay. I mean, it's, it's the you know how you know how these uh, things go. Just, you play for three years, and it's like six yeah. weeks. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I think he thinks for a bit. He's like, uh, I'm 20 exact. So you're giving yourself shit for not being as good as someone whose age you can't even tell me? Hmm. I guess I'll tell you this. You're only 20-some. Right? You've already done shit. I haven't seen anybody in any of the mages in my battalion have been able to do who are you trying to prove yourself to I think when he says that I think Izzy legitimately thinks for a second he's like I 
don't know. Well, maybe that's where you should start and figure that out. Hmm. It's okay if you've got people you want to prove yourself to. Just got to make sure they're the right people. Make sure they deserve it. Uh, when he says that, he nods but he's like, hmm, I think you are correct. And I think they go to the shop and he is going to uh, just get a scroll of scrying and a message scroll. Okay. Are those, those are both third, third level or below, right? Scrying, ooh, yikes. Does it have to be third level or below? What level scrying? Uh, scrying is fifth level, but if I need to copy, I will spend the gold to copy. Let me double check, and I'll get back to you after the game. Uh, I did send out a list of like what plate, like the tiers of places and what scrolls that have. I'll double check it though, and we'll we'll sort that up post game. Okay. No, well then he at least needs uh just the the set. Okay, the one where he can send someone a twenty five me- word message. That's sending. Yeah. Sending. Sending. And as soon as he uh, gets the scroll, uh, does he need to pay for it or does scroll? Squall got it. He's not. <laughs> no, he's just kind of lean. He doesn't go in with you because he's not a magic user. He kind of gets there and he just kind of leans, crosses his arms, leans up against the wall, all cool kid style, and just waits for you outside. All right, so, so I'm paying for it. How much? Yeah, is it? if you want. Uh, let me get you that. How much gold do you have? I have 536. Okay, that will cover it. Um I don't have my spreadsheet in front of me. I'll get it. I'll get it to you. I can pull Just, it up actually. If you've got it, then there you go, uh, and it'll be. Uh, I think. Yeah, but I think as he's walking out, he sees uh, his little thing writing, and he just to get out the way because I want to do it now before I forget specifically. Um, he just sends a message that simply says, uh, "Hello, Marrow. Uh, this is Izzy. Uh, I hear you're sick. Give me." an in-depth list of your symptoms, please. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We will help as soon as we can. And I think as he says that, it folds up and the little airplane just shoots off. Okay. As it shoots off, it just gets a couple feet away and then poofs out of existence. And you wait for a second and then... You hear back in your head, uh, <coughs> <coughs> oh, I see, um, I, uh, <coughs> not sure, hard to talk, headache, mm-hmm. um, skin is very itchy. God damn it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, told people to stay away this one girl keeps checking in on me <coughs> and then it kind of goes away yeah you see okay. he Im- immediately pulls out his stone before just saying this isn't good uh he pulls out his sending stone and i guess this might be a a good uh this might be a good transition as he just says uh he Kyle, i have a bit of an update <laughs> and i think okay. that's the end of the scene okay 
Almost okay, back to you, Ground Thor. <laughs> I promise. Sorry. I'm not going to um, leave that dangling until next episode, I swear. We split <laughs> into five different groups, so I just want to make sure everybody gets the talk. Go ahead. Uh, no, Zach. Um, yeah, so I'm still away, obviously, um, seeing none, whatever. Um, I do need to head out. I'm really sorry. But okay, no worries. I will be back to normal next week, and yeah. No worries. We will see you then. I think you're off getting a drink. Perfect time. Yeah. Yeah, just like, I don't know, make me me roll constitution. I'll just pass out drunk and start snoring on everything. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) You'll wake up on the airship like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm flying! Yeah. Wake up with another accident. See us. Have a good one. Ava, you managed to find a quiet place. And you have, it's it's weird because you meditate, but you've been kind of swept up for so long with all of the stuff going on and constantly surrounded by people. And half the time you're trying to meditate, Izzy's going on about something, right? <laughs> but for, for a minute now, you have just time. As you sit, you close your eyes, you start to open yourself to the world around you, to the power that flows through you, just to, so what are, you're a, you're a monk and a cleric, right? So Mm -hmm. just even opening yourself up to the world, as you just close your eyes, when you open them, you find yourself in a familiar space, a familiar, endless black void light space lit very gently with violet sourceless lights alone with the exception of your two inner companions Garuda Leviathan floating a little ways away You finally paid us a visit, did you? About time. It can get lonely in here, you know. I guess it's a good thing we rescued your brother. Tell me, Ava. What's your plan? You've managed to impress me so far, but... What's next? You know, I didn't think I would get that far. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't expect too much from someone who strikes a life or death bargain with an icon on a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. Impulse is where I act best, either fortunately or unfortunately. A leviathan at this point says, Sister... He is doing us a great honor. You could do to be a little nicer. Pah! All of the little ones, they're all shit. I'm just along for the ride to see how far this one can get before everything goes to hell. (laughs) So what is your plan? None? Fly by the seat of your pants still. 
Oh, you turn your back on us like those in Cornelia did. Like they all do, eventually. You know, honestly, I didn't believe in you folk until I experienced you in the Wind Temple. I didn't think your powers meant anything. I was just like the rest of Cornelia that betrayed you, apparently. And now? Well, now I'm standing before two of the four icons, so I'd be a fool to betray... <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a fool to betray any icons. If only the rest of your kind could be so enlightened. That, unfortunately, is something that will never happen. What are you fighting for, then? What's the point? Why not just step aside? Let it all just... unravel. She has, like, a, a look of... mischief in her eyes when she asks you this. Because Leviathan's also right. They're good people worth fighting for. The people of Balam are good. The people I travel with are good. And some of the little shits running around in Cornelia are good. Perhaps, sister, it's not the people, but the one they are supposed to worship. <laughs> Shut up! You see Leviathan just kind of curl up and on himself. Just saying. I've never seemed to have your problems. She just kind of gives him a look. You're going to have sibling rivalry going on in your head now. That's going to be great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Do you have anything you want to say to them? During this moment of meditation. No, I, th I think I'll just focus and meditate on the powers they've given me and okay. kind of just focus on that and wait until I eventually fade out of this room. Okay. Give me a wisdom check. You can add your proficiency modifier. Okay. So 20, wisdom. Yeah. Oh, that's a natural one for a total of seven. Okay. <laughs> Love that. As you meditate, a calm comes over you, but it's distracting as the two of them are still kind of bickering. But eventually, you manage to tune them out, and you feel yourself coming back into your body. As you just slowly kind of blink your eyes open, you see that where you are, the sun has begun to set. And you have a very beautiful view just looking out over the sea. In the distance, you can still see the top of the sunken tower just kind of there in the twilight. And there's a moment of pure peace and calmness that comes over you. And for the first time in quite a while, you feel content. Now, Grunthor. 
We're back to you. (laughs) Y'all got to get back in the same city, okay? (laughs) Anyway. So, she turns to you, uh, and she is talking about something. Somebody's somebody's got something. I'm getting a little feedback. It's just distracting me. Sorry. There's one of you got me on speaker. Oh, it might be Grunther, it looks like. Okay. It was. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really weird. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I just I was getting distracted hearing myself, and then I kept losing my train of thought. Uh, anyway, she looks at you. I found something out. Um, something that I didn't know how to cope with. I didn't really know how to put it into words, and I still don't know if I did. Um, my battalion and I, we were just doing some sweeps throughout the, you know, the exterior of the city and I thought I heard something so I, I sent them on ahead and long story short I ended up stumbling across I, I don't even know how to describe what I saw and I don't know if really I could explain it and how it was working but I think they're doing something to people I think that You know, we've heard all of our lives the the stories outside of the the beasts, and we've seen them. We've seen the Edamantois. We've seen the damn dinosaurs, for God's sakes, things larger than buildings. We've seen them out there. We've seen the deadly beasts that roam the lands, but I don't know if they're all natural. They're, I think they're manufacturing them to keep people there, to keep people from going beyond the the borders of Basuk, to keep them scared and walled in. And I think they might be doing other experiments on people. Give me a intelligence check, and then you can ask whatever question you want. Okay, go ahead and ask your question. What what proof do you have of this? With me? None. Just what I saw. I... I tried to bring it up to my commanding officer. Grunther, they tried to kill me. They tried to kill me as soon as I told them. So I ran home. I got you and Gibble. I said, we have to go, and we ran. That was it. And I haven't stopped running since. I stumbled onto something I wasn't supposed to see. And I'm still not 100% sure what I saw. But they're doing something there. And I don't know what it's for. I don't know if they're doing it in order to 
attack other I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I saw. And she starts just kind of breaking down, almost like she's panicking. As she's she kind of like slumps down against the with her back against the the barrier. And she's got her hands on her head and she's just kind of repeating it over and over. I just I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. You know, by the way, that her commanding officer, very good friend of your family's. Been over to dinner multiple times. Um he has babysat Gibble for you. This is someone that you both trusted implicitly. I don't... There's there's some... There's a secret there. A conspiracy or something. I don't know. And I know I, know I sound crazy. Grunther, you don't have to say that sound crazy. I know I sound crazy. And before you tell me that I, I didn't see what I saw, I know what I saw. They had people, they had people down there in cages, unconscious, maybe dead, I, I don't know. I saw this thing that looked like it was caught somewhere between a human and, and a something. It's... Blasphemous. She just kind of buries her head in her hands. I'm trying to push through the wall okay. practically <laughs> to reach out to actually, you know, put my hand on her. Okay. Give me. I will say. A charisma check. Straight charisma. Okay, I'm going to seduce the wall to let me through. Got it. No, not so much that. <laughs> oh. One. Nice. I was thinking more in the way of just pure will, as though, not that you are, but that, like, you know, as, as paladins summon their charisma from within. I was thinking, let's see if you could beat the DC of the barrier. Uh, it's a strong spell. Hikael put it up to keep things contained. And as you push, as you push, as you try to get in, it doesn't budge. The one time you roll a one, Grunther, what were you thinking? <laughs> of all the times I, to I, use your little cheat program. <laughs> uh, I need my inspiration, so uh, I'm working on that. Um, That's what she <coughs> said. Uh -huh. Pushing, pushing in. <laughs> I didn't want to I say didn't. it, like, because it was, it, it, that was, like, a more serious moment, but, <laughs> no, but that's. You wait till the end. Now I feel like it. I can. <laughs> you just wait till it's over, and then you, you yeah, it worked perfectly. Okay. Uh, um, in a kind of Ava-esque feeling. Okay. I'm going to take out my crystal. Okay. And touch it to the wall. Okay. As you do that, are you doing anything else with it? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Like, what? I'm thinking of her. Like, I need to get to her. Okay. She needs... She, she needs my, I guess, touch. 
Is that what the kids are calling it? Oh yeah. Touch. <laughs> um almost to help heal her okay. and make things more real. Give me cuz cuz this is turning into like almost a confessional, you know, like I'm uh-huh. in the uh, in the thing next door is like uh I need, no. <laughs> gotcha. This needs to get more personal. Uh-huh. Give me a straight D20 <laughs> roll. Get a 30. I believe in you. <laughs> 30? A 30. What the? A 19. 19. That did beat what this was. So, as the crystal touches it, as you're thinking, as you're pouring all of your will into this one action, the crystal starts to glow. And you feel, to the touch of this crystal... It's almost painful how cold it gets. As you can see, even looking down at your fingers, they start to turn blue as the crystal starts to just glow a little bit brighter. As all of your will pushes into this, you feel... You can't see it, but you feel this cold hand on your shoulder and a tight grip as the crystal brightens almost blindingly and you find yourself falling forward as the barrier itself dissipates. The light bursts out and fills the room to where it takes you a minute as you're blinking blinded by this. As your vision starts to come back, you can see your breath. You can see her breath. You see Gibble over there just kind of in on himself, shivering. The barrier's down, and you are to her. What do you do? I mean, practically match her in the the most loving bear hug <laughs> in in hugging history. She yeah. jumps at first, surprised by your by your touch, not expecting it, and then just throws her arms around you and returns the embrace. And, I mean, she's a strong Galka, too. So the both of you just bear-hugging each other. A couple cracks. <laughs> but, um, and as, as you hold her, even more memories start flooding back of her, of her touch, of the, the life that you've shared, the love that you have for one another, your unwavering, undying affection for one another, the way that you've rolled with the punches, the way that you've dealt with things together, Sparring together, fighting, making up. All of that comes just in waves as she just is leaning into you and sobbing, letting herself... You can feel the tension just releasing as she holds you. And for the first time, and as long as you can remember since journeying, since starting this journey... You feel yourself untense a little bit, too. Realizing that perhaps you haven't really relaxed in the last little bit, either. And for the first time, you feel like you've found home here. She shivers a little bit, as the room is still quite cold. What are you saying? You... See? 
There, not even a wall can hold us away from each other. Grandmother, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for everything. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. I'm so I I <laughs> I pressed like you know what? No, I'm just wait for her to start saying all that, and no, I just start smothering her in a kiss. Okay. As you just bring her up, and she just is crying against you and eventually just gives in and just returns this kiss, this passionate, strong kiss that just grows with intensity as you both hold each other until you hear a very faint, ew, from across the room. Is it Gibble? Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) I break away and I just kind of let out a little bit of a chuckle. And I was like, hey, get over here. Family time. He gets up kind of nervously and starts walking over to you. As soon as he's within reach, I just grab his the front of his shirt and pull him in. As you do that, he like yeah. tenses up. And you pull him in and you and you hug him, but he's he's very tense and rigid and he's not returning the hug. As you remember, she has not yet lifted his block. And as you're kind of just embracing him, he, there's this tension against uh, against you. I realize like yeah he he still has the block and he doesn't quite know who i am and i i just push him back a little bit at arm's length and i'm like going well uh, we'll work on that you'll come back i can i can take care of that i uh i just need a minute i i'm so Kimmy, just to, at this point, you hear from behind you, what the hell happened in here? As you turn around, uh, he, Kyle, and Blake have returned. <laughs> as he's opened the door and he sees you, uh, Blake, he immediately turns and goes to push you out. Are you going to let him, or are you going to resist this? Uh, she's going to kind of... I don't know if she can really resist for that long, because... Well, girl, to be fair, he's a spellcaster. You might be able to. And you're small, so you could also just try to, like, evade him if you wanted to. Right. If you're trying to stay uh, in the room. But he is, he's actively I, trying to get you out as soon as he sees what happened. I i think she's just going to kind of, like, push back and be like, what? What? Like, trying to... The barrier's down. I don't know on. what happened. This play, uh, the, the containment has been breached. You need to get out of here immediately. Okay, and she just kind of skips out, but stays near the door. He, like, pushes you out and <laughs> slams the door and locks it behind him. What the hell is going on? What the hell happened? And behind him, is there a window in the store? Can uh, there please be a window in the door? Sure. You know what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, there's not a window in the door. There's not a window in the door, but, like, right next to it, there is a window. Uh, and the curtains have not been drawn. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, there's just like a little face, just like <laughs> peeking up over the over the sill. Sure. Still, yeah. Okay. See what's going on. 
Yeah. <laughs> so as he as you're doing that, and you can hear okay because his voices are raised. He's he slammed the door. Grunther, you you need to get away. They are still and they are still infected. What are you doing? I have to be with my family. Our memories are back. Then I, then I look over at Gibble and I'm like, maybe not all of ours. Grunthor, damn and it. I, and I show him the crystal and I show her. I'm like, this broke through. You broke through the spell with... Oh my god. Um... <laughs> Wait. What happened? Start at the beginning. At this point, he's still like up against the door. He is keeping his distance from from the three of you. Tell me precisely what happened. I willed myself to be able to touch her and use this to cut my way through your barrier. His hand kind of goes back and is he's doesn't look away from you as he's searching for the door handle and he finds it and he opens it. Blake? Are you still out there? Yeah. She's I, like dropped down <laughs> from the window. Like, Can you go find yeah. me one of the automatons? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate how unenthusiastic <laughs> I, I I need one. If you could fetch one she's, for me. She's going to kind of... She's not completely like a sulking teenager, but kind of like with the same like body language of a sulking teenager. Like, I want to see what's going on. Sure, yeah. And like, I imagine the door's going to close, and then she's going to realize she has no fucking idea where they keep the automaton. <laughs> she turns around, she's like, oh, how the supposed to find them <laughs> also you hate them <laughs> don't forget that yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's why she's not you hate these fucking things <laughs> which is why i'm so glad you're the one outside the door just now <laughs> uh give me a, an investigation check oh no she has a zero roll oh fuck she's never gonna get out of this place <laughs> You're turned around. Confused. You're just. Sorry, guys. My God. <laughs> you're like wandering back and forth throughout the hallways. You would think that by it's some like, point you would have come across one, but they seem to be nowhere to be found. <laughs> it's like the Scooby Doo thing, like where she goes down one hallway, like appears I, like three I doors like down. <laughs> I like to think she's like walking and she she like goes to like a, a lady in like robes like a librarian like her child and she's like have you guys seen the automatized and she just grabs the child and walks <laughs> give me your dolls Sorry. uh and, yeah you're having trouble fuck. except she doesn't I mean, say fuck because she's a lady <laughs> good job I'm glad the rules of chivalry and politeness still uh, impact you day to day. So feel free to waste a message spell to uh, ask Izzy. 
<laughs> five, ten minutes go by. Eventually, Hikael just... <sighs> She's not coming back, is she? <laughs> I... Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> 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 in my head, I know you're probably talking to one of your animals, but I just heard that and I thought you, in my head you're talking to one of the automatons. Like you finally To be honest, I thought she was I thought she was talking to herself while looking for an automaton. <laughs> no, I was sorry that I, I'm above table, I'm talking to my, my dog. She so apparently when I laugh I sound like I'm crying sometimes. So oh. when I start laughing she gets really like upset and she'll start like barking so she was um barking oh. and trying to figure out what was wrong so I was trying to get her to settle down and get into her chair. Uh, I just I Grandpa, we that's have a fun l- here at Kubo Quest. I just gang. I imagine like a <laughs> Blake in the hallway. It's okay. You did good. You did your best. <laughs> Just patting herself on the back. Because <laughs> she's totally lost and has no idea how to get back. You're a very good girl, Blake. <laughs> You're, You're so, a lame girl. She's so traumatized by the automaton. Just lay down. It's okay. <laughs> Someone will find us eventually. <laughs> oh my You're god. Very, oh. You're very brave. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> this episode has been amazing. It's been she's all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, no, Kikael is going to come out and Blake's just like five feet away just laying down on the <laughs> She's like, like she made it back. <laughs> She's like right under the window. Go. I'm still lost. <laughs> it's been two years. I haven't seen another soul. Oh my it's god. Like that episode, it's like that episode of Doctor Who where Rory is like stuck in the time trap and there's like all the crazy like writing on the wall like like Amy left me! Blake, why have you written on everything? (laughs) You left me for 20 years! I couldn't find you! Blake's just... (laughs) I can hear the dog now. Blake's just started, like, scribbling, like, uh, drawings of the automatons on the wall. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) The automatons are a lie. I like to think the scene cut. Just, like, it is, like, fucking... Ava and Izzy like at a lunch spot. <laughs> Just having a s- good time. How do you think it's going in Masidia? Eh, probably boring. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me re-roll this because I forgot what I rolled and it's moved. <clears throat> oh. So with Blake missing in action, Hikael. <sighs> Fuck it he says, as he just pushes himself away from the door and walks over to the three of you. This is either going to be the dumbest thing I've ever done, or... No, it's just the dumbest thing I've ever done. And he gets down and he draws... He draws uh, one of his syringes. If you wouldn't mind a sample from the both of you, please. He is talking to your wife and child. And she kind of nods, holds out her arm, and he, you know, puts the tourniquet on, does all this stuff, takes some blood, 
And he does the same to Gibble. The running theory is that perhaps exposure to powerful bursts of the crystal's energy can neutralize the virus. If that's true, they may be cured. If not, we're all four fucked. So, let's find out. And I think I might end there. I know it's a little early, but uh, there's still some thunderstorms, and I don't want to risk another power outage. It seems like a good place. <laughs> so, sorry it went a little... Meanwhile, Izzy... Izzy is just sitting at the table like, well, I love my brother in that he's not sick right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what my favorite thing about my brother is? He's healthy. You know, that's like the number one thing. (laughs) So, yes, sorry. I know this is a little bit short, but I don't want to risk another power outage because we've already had to do a two. Plus, that seems like a nice place to end. Um, Also, unexpected for me, to be honest, Grunthor, that was... Not something that I kind of saw coming, but once that happened, it seemed like an interesting uh, route to follow. So we'll see what comes of that. So, yeah. Anyway, great. Uh, I thought it was great. Sorry I had to talk so much. I know you probably got sick of uh, listening to me, uh, but that's what you get when you split me up and I have to deal with five people at once. (laughs) So. Uh, thank you all for watching for those of you on YouTube I hope this is a seamless episode Uh, for anybody that actually stuck around on Twitch sorry about the the constant dropping outs uh, hopefully won't happen again and I think we should be back next week back on full schedule with uh, hopefully psychic stuff's working again so anyway lally ho friends and we'll see you soon bye see ya